test, test. I don't want to spend too much time on self-defense and apology here. Going back and listening through what little we recorded for this anime had me realize that I should have led with the topics I intend to discuss on my first and likely last solo episode. I instead tried to hone in on some sort of absurdist comedy one could attribute to this anime, hoping that it would lead to a point-and-laugh routine which would be followed up by an exploration of how Japan uses pornography in the, the, and the depiction of outlying groups to explore taboo subject matter. And that's not how it went. For those of you who are wondering why I'm soloing this, you know, maybe wondering where Joe and Mike or uh, their voices are, here's a clip from the first time I tried to tackle this anime with them. Well, when you I'm were done. going through your your word list there, you left out two pretty important words, and those were pedophilia and rape. Um, and yeah. that was pretty much the gist of what I got of this. I only made it like I made it like halfway through the first episode. It was pretty disgusting and like disturbing, and yeah. it was kind of skirting a line of legality i thought uh they didn't show things but they were showing as much as they could and it was pretty i just couldn't watch it it was like way too much it just uh, i know it was like done under the guise of a comedy but it's just like hey don't do that like it, it uh, feels like they're using the comedy as an excuse to make yes. some some shit for an audience that can't really legally get what they want and probably shouldn't mm. uh it was yeah they and part of it seemed from what i saw that they were kind of diving a little bit into like how fucked up it was like he seemed really distressed that about his situation that you know his he was in this weird relationship with his father that he kind of like his father seemed to have a very domineering uh presence over him like he kind of raised him into that it's just it was really disgusting to watch uh and it just made me think of there's like a famous musician in the 70s that had a daughter who, who was famous to, I think she was part of his band and he like raised her and like did this whole incest thing and she thought it was normal until like a I don't know what age but I remember seeing her on TV um, like on one of those Dr. Drew shows just like talking about the just that kind of shit damaged her for life and so that I didn't really I don't know the, I guess my main takeaway from this sort of thing is that it shouldn't exist, and it was disgusting, and Japan is fucked up. Yeah. I agree with all that. It's just... I mean, all this was was just something they made to... <laughs> for someone who has that kind of fantasy for all that kind of stuff. That's all this is. You can try and think of some sort of story there and piece it together, but it's just fucking... just sexual fantasy that they're making up. It, that's all it is. It's, there's not much more to it than that. We, I don't even think we should go deeper into this. 
There's really yeah. nothing there. I mean, well, that's... it's good you said that because I've already established a plan B. Okay. Click the link. Oh, well, I'm on my phone, so hang on. <laughs> commentary? Wait, what? Yep. Right, right now? What are we doing? Yep. Uh, well, I'm kind of on my phone. I can't really... Because this uh, episode okay. has failed. Yeah, well... <laughs> I mean, you guys keep talking about it, but I... Uh, no, it's, that's pretty it's, much all I have to say. The the point of this was supposed to be this episode was supposed to be like humorous and not giving a fuck, but like clearly this is like outright disgusted you guys, and I don't imagine you're going to have much to say beyond what you've just said. So everything I've got in my notes is jokes, which seems completely inappropriate now. So yeah, Plan B. Yeah. Okay. Well. It, it, what are we going to do about Joe? Wait, sorry, hang on. <laughs> so how long is this thing? 40, 48 minutes? What uh, is this, About 45. Yeah. Uh, how far away from a computer are you? Sobering as it is to have my bizarre disconnect put in front of me, I suppose it does add to the number of points I intend to hit. But before that, I want to do a hopefully brief synopsis of the anime, uh, mostly so nobody here actually feels the need to watch it. Yeah, so <clears throat> starts off with a character named Mira, a high schooler who is, uh, if the title didn't give it away, in a sexual relationship with his uh, father, in quotes, big time movie star named Kyosuke. Uh, Mira expresses some unease with the relationship, but doesn't seem disturbed by it in the sense that he seems to want it to continue. He just wants Kyosuke to, I guess, treat it like an honest relationship and not just fooling around. Uh, the question of their familial relation comes up probably having something to do with him starting at a new school, maybe some paperwork or something. I only skimmed it. In, in preparation for this. But, uh, so I guess there's a blood test or DNA test or something like that. Uh, he discovers that, uh, according to the test, Kyosuke isn't his biological father. And rather than unburdening him of, like, how messed up this relationship is, it actually sets him down a path of depression and anxiety that lasts for about, I don't know, like 98% of the anime. And... <laughs> is only matched by that of Shinji Ikari from Evangelion. It's at this point where the anime steps into the realm of raw-ass absurdity, and the bizarre plot and character elements pile up like the car wreck from... Uh, what was the name of that movie? Why can't I remember the name of that movie? We were just talking about it in the Death Note episode. Um, whatever, that one where death is trying to kill people. So, over the what was it over the course of this episode, Mira ends up hooking up with the childhood friend character and maybe the only non-screwed-up love interest for him by the name of Kazu. Unfortunately, rather than you know creating an out for this to end decently, the anime just kind of forgets it happens. It's like played for drama for about half a second, during which time all Mira thinks about is 
his relationship with Kiyosuke ending, and unfortunately, we aren't so lucky. Uh, after that, we're introduced to a character named Mitsuki, maybe the only female character in this anime, or named female character. She's Kiyosuke's co-star in a movie and the mother to another character, a uh, upperclassman type character who also seems like a romantic interest for Mira. More on that later. Uh, the second part of the two-part OVAs uh, centers around humor, humors, rumors and misunderstandings related to the possibility of Mitsuki and Kiyosuke getting married. This only furthers Mira's anxiety, particularly when she shows up at his house or his apartment or at where he lives asking to be his mother. <laughs> the anime comes to a head with uh, Kiyosuke revealing to Mira that he and Mitsuki are siblings and that she is the birth she is his birth mother. This makes uh, Kiyosuke not Mira's father, but his uncle, and for some reason alleviates the tensions that came about due to the lack of familial ties between the two. Anyone else thinking old boy here? <laughs> oh yeah, the uh, character I mentioned, the upperclassman character, is also Mitsuki's son, making one of the potential uh, romantic rivals his brother. Whoever wrote this really wanted to keep it in the family. Lord of mercy. What wasn't covered in the synopsis is how casually everyone treats the relationship between Kiyosuke and Mira. Kazu, the childhood friend, and again, the only wrong correction, I meant not wrong here, pick for Mira, vows to pull him apart, but is doing so in the manner of a romantic rival, rather than someone actually trying to protect a traumatized youth, which is why no one calls the police. At one point, uh, while Mira's waiting for the blood test or whatever to go through, he's talking out loud with Kazu about it, and no one calls Child Protective Services, no one calls the cops. It's just sort of accepted. There's, like, weird moments of people staring at them, but that's kind of it. And this is the part where I can, I guess, <laughs> get my... Uh, well, I left myself a moment to rant about this. And, um, I still don't know if it feels right to make jokes. On the other hand, I really just want to roast the shit out of this thing. I mean, yeah, there's the obvious bit of why and how and no one batting an eyelash to this, though I guess I can't be judgy since I acknowledge it enough to want to make fun of it, but not enough to be as horrified as my co-hosts. I mean, like, why did it have to be so complicated? Why did everything have to be so weird and incesty? With Whatever. We just skip to the primary points since I'm not really feeling the comedy or the, the roasting or whatever the hell. Sorry if any of my computer noises pick up. Uh, though, what wasn't covered in that synopsis is the depiction of Mira, the primary character. And Mira, for all intents and purposes, is a girl. I mean, the character is male. This is Yaoi. It's supposed to be about homosexual relationships. But uh, he's, he's a girl. And I say that, I mean, not as like some sort of expert on Yaoi. I, I know well enough to have, you know, have heard the words Uke and Seme. and know there's like a top-bottom relationship to most of these stories. That being said, Mira goes beyond being a bottom. He 
defaults into extremely feminine and cutesy manner when interacting with the other male characters, refers to himself as Kyosuke's wife on a number of occasions. Not even just Kyosuke's wife, just like being a good wife to someone. And in instances where he's like imagining himself, he's always imagining himself in like the female role or in a number of cases outright in women's clothing. I bring this up not to say that this is necessarily a negative. If this is just how you want to characterize a person, that's fine. That's all well and good. It could be interesting to see a character like that who identifies himself in such a unique way. Um, The reason why I bring it up, and this is one of the serious points I did want to discuss with the co-hosts, is the idea of Yaoi being a safe place space to explore erotic fantasies uninhibited by cultural norms and modesty. For those who don't know and have made it this far, if you have, thank you. Uh, Yaoi is... Well, there's a difference between Yaoi and boys' love. Boys' love is just romantic stuff between guys, whereas Yaoi actually has sexual content. But Yaoi is actually primarily enjoyed by a female audience. For those of you looking for manga by and for homosexual men, uh, use the keywords bara and gay kami, G-E-I-C-O-M-I, and those will actually take you to stuff made for men by men, but uh, I digress. <laughs> I initially thought that the female interest in Yaoi was akin to the American male's interests or outright obsession with lesbians, but... Uh, Actually, watching some media like this led me to believe something different. The theory I'm working on here is that the two parties being male, even if one is meant to fit a female role, sort of meant to be the pseudo-insert character for the female, um, the fact that they're both male allows the creator to skirt expectations of... uh, the kind of modesty that's expected on the female end. Um, the necessity of this might have something to do with Japan being a more repressed culture. And, you know, that's, again, not to make a jab at Japan. It's just the byproduct of the whole over-the-individual type mentality. It uh, furthers a lot of uh, more traditional mindsets. And uh, the more traditional mindsets are, unfortunately, even more repressive for women and forces it's repressive for women and forces men into some i don't know like weird uncomfortable stuff basically they're meant to be the aggressor they're meant to go out there whereas women are held in higher regards for being shy and modest and meek and demure so these two things kind of slamming into each other it seems like they would work well together but going too far in either direction on either side can create some dire situations which may be why not even so much non-consent but just like sort of like hyper uh, hyper aggressive approach gets eroticized i mean non-consent does get eroticized too in japan all you gotta do is look at hentai but um it seems to happen a lot in yaoi too again i'm not an expert of you know I've uh, watched and read some Boys Loving Yaoi material, Yuri for that matter too, but it doesn't seem to come up the same way in Yuri as much as Yaoi. It's kind of more than I'd like in the case of the uh, man end of things. But going back to, you know, 
the whole thing, two parties being male, allowing some freedom to explore erotic subject matter. Uh, and not only, not only does it allow you to sort of skirt those expectations, I think it also keeps the perspective of the story from turning on the reader, which is to say the reader never has to wonder how enjoying this material should reflect upon them in the eyes of society. So you're not... Is one of the thoughts that kept uh, popping into my head while while watch, watching or skimming this was that um, I kept having the thought that Mira is like they're, they're playing him as like innocent and cutesy, but God, does this kid get around? And it like almost seems to run counter to the two things. One is like uh, this feminine ideal that you'd get from this uh, repressive sort of society, whereas what he's actually doing is the carnal appetite you'd expect from like a I guess a, what the Japanese would call a carnivore male <laughs> they, they seem to contrast one another but I think it maybe makes a bit more sense when you see Mira as the female XB till you hit that point where you know the erotic stuff is happening now he is a guy now you don't have to sit there and think oh god am I am I dirty for enjoying this and I like this person you know it feels like it comes pretty close to having it both ways is the gist of it though unfortunately I think that sort of disconnect that would allow you to have it both ways creates a block that allows things that are this dark and this dire such as you know as Mike said the pedophilia the non-consent that just griminess of it all to not necessarily wash over you you either acknowledge it or look past it or maybe it adds to the enjoyment as like a as making the romance taboo or in my case it makes it just it adds to this element of absurdity that just makes me want to point and laugh but i guess maybe there's a give and take here i'm not able to fully understand i'm honestly not sure and while this anime has gotta be it's gotta be on the more extreme ends of the uh yaoi shonen eye type material i've ex it's definitely on the extreme end of the stuff i've experienced i want to believe it's on the most extreme end of the kind of this kind of stuff in general i mean it's it's still kind of like brings to mind how much of the stuff i've experienced uh features elements of sexual assault and uneasy age differences and Unfortunately, I don't know enough about the material to know how common or uncommon these elements truly are. The possibility is, is I've just gotten unlucky and everything I've seen so far, not everything I've seen has these elements, but just like more than I'd like. And you know, I don't know what's going on. Is it just, these are just elements that get fetishized? Is it consciously or subconsciously? representing some aspect of Japanese society I can't understand I don't know and you know going through all that I don't know if talking it over with my co-host would have revealed anything so I mean it could have potentially just led to me sitting there trying to get this point out and then them turning it on me and mm, I don't know if I want to say that I don't know if that's fair to just assume that they'd attack me. 
I think they would want answers that I ultimately couldn't give. So maybe it's for the best that this episode didn't really work out. Now, whether this solo episode will work out is anyone's guess. The possibility is high that no one will ever hear it. But uh, So I was going to insert my first attempt at this, but uh, going over it, it seemed kind of redundant. So I guess I'll just surmise some points that were in there that haven't been touched here yet. For example... To those who, well, I guess not to those who have watched this, I'm hoping no one feels the need to watch this anime after. I'll recommend some better stuff to you in a minute. But um, it seemed like they may have tried to launch a boy band off of this. Like, there's a music video that plays at the end of it, and the video in question isn't like a video, doesn't feel like a video that was made before this. Like, it was an existing video that they just kind of, like, added on to it. Um... More often than not, music will be made. They'll take like existing artists and make music for what's coming out rather than take existing songs and attach it to stuff, which seems to be what happens more often than not with TV shows out here. So there's like a like a like a boy band out there whose names and faces are attached to this anime and it's like do do you wanna put your like, do you want a list on your resume that you did a song for a show about all this creepy stuff? Um, it's it's just kind of weird. There's, like, there's a lot going on in here that just, like, beats the question into your brain with a fucking spike. Which is, like, how does something like this get made? And when you find out how much stuff out there has material like this, you're, you're wondering, like, how does this keep happening and again there's that level of disconnect whether it's the absurdity disconnect I had or the whatever other disconnects are out there I mean more than anything I've made jokes about getting a hold of a Fujoshi uh, correspondent for materials such as this and this just really has me wanting to talk with someone who knows the material is uh, all in on the yaoi and boys love stuff as I am on the uh, action shonen seinen related material. Um, I don't know, I guess it's just mind-boggling. <laughs> but um, I can't figure out what else I wanted to say. Oh yeah, I promised some recommendations of decent stuff. Well, I'll probably just be mentioning all the shonen I yaoi stuff I've seen, again, which isn't a lot. Um, uh, Yami no Matsue or Descendants of Darkness has elements like this in here. It's a pretty good story. Um, uh, Mirage of Blaze. I liked that one. Uh, more so for the uh, elements of uh, reincarnation and ongoing wars between spirits. Though that one in regards to the uh, Shonen Eye element is definitely a slow burn. And I think the anime kind of cuts off early. The story seems to go a lot further in the manga. Uh, Gravitation was a pretty popular one back in the day. Um, that one was kind of silly. It's at least it's actually funny versus the weird sort of absurdist crap they're trying to do here. Um, brain fart. I could have swore I had one more. No, I think that's it. <laughs> I mean, I think I've seen more than that. I think we did an episode on Fudanchi Koko Seikaku or the daily life of Fudanchis or whatever. Um, that one's pretty good. I think the episode we did is all right, too. Um, but yeah, 
I suppose that's it for my first and hopefully last solo episode. Also, the last time I ever have to speak this seriously about anything on my show ever again. I like being the fun, jokey guy. So, yeah. Till then, um, I guess, thank you for listening and have a good night. Wait, I say that during the intro. Yeah, whatever. The opening and closing theme is Synthetic Highway. Please check out its creator, Submorphine, at soundcloud.com slash submorphine. should be hyphen-o-r-p-h-i-e. The preview theme slash promo theme is Anime Raku. Please check out its creator at facebook.com slash squarion, S-Q-U-A-R-I-O-N. Also check out Squarion's The Flash Project, Project Stick, at facebook.com slash project stick. For old episodes and new episodes as they come out, please subscribe to us on soundcloud.com slash radio. You can also subscribe to us on Facebook at facebook.com slash radio, on Twitter at radio, or through Android, iTunes, or Google Play. If you want to talk to the host individually, I'm on Twitter at Connect. Joe is on Twitter at MAGP Returns, and Mike is on Twitter at Hyper90s. Joe, Joe, do you ever jack off straight into the toilet? The kind of question is Uh, that? Mike, uh, (laughs) what kind of cold meds are you on right now? The answer is no. Maybe that's the problem. (laughs)